Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a little bit of comic talk, and maybe a little bit of pop culture talk. I know we haven't done this for uh, for a while, and people have been kind of giving me crap because we missed some stuff online, but uh, here we go. We'll get back to, to a few of the tings that we have missed. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and uh, joining me today is Kevin Miller. How the heck are you, Kev? Oh, not too bad. Happy to be back. All right. Great to have you. Now, we're a little bit late to the game on this one. Uh, we're two months out. It's coming out on DVD soon, but uh, <laughs> I feel like we need to do a little bit of a warm up uh, back in the comic book stuff because I got I got really focused into uh, the the Super Bowl there because I, I man I had a good Super Bowl I my, my second most profitable Super Bowl of all time uh, behind the uh, the 2011 Giants win which is going to be tough for me it's going to be tough for me to top when the Giants came through on that 50 to one promise in that Super Bowl but. Um, still my second most profitable Super Bowl of all time. Uh, so we, we missed a couple things. We, we tried to get some stuff and I am going to try to get the guys on to talk about Book of Boba Fett, but, uh, unfortunately you have not seen Book of Boba Fett yet, so you cannot, uh, speak to that just yet. I, I, I say, (laughs) yeah, I say, I say, give it a shot and it'll probably, honestly, it'll probably be more fun if you just bang it out. Cause you know me, I'm not a big, uh, binge guy. But I think Bo- uh, I think Boba Fett is probably a little bit better, a little bit better binged because uh, yep, I've got some free time this weekend coming up. I'll, I'll maybe try to catch up. Yeah, it it might be a more smoother watch as uh, even though we got to talk Boba Fett because I got some issues <laughs> with <laughs> what happened. But overall, it's still okay in, in terms of Star Wars content, right? Um, but like I said, we're a little bit late to the game. We never officially did our Spider-Man No Way From Home kind of review wrap-up, uh, which we do for every MCU movie, and uh, we got to get back into we got we got to get uh, up and running again and, and, and back into comic book talking shape because uh, the Batman's coming out in a couple of weeks, Kevin. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's gonna. I'm. I'm the only trepidation I have is I'm worried about that three that near three hour runtime, aren't you? Oh yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I've got room in my life for three-hour movies anymore. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm still, and and I'm a guy who, yeah, I've come on this podcast and been like, it, like I'm pretty sure. Did we do a Carnage review? I don't think we did. Did you see Carnage? No, I haven't seen Venom or Carnage. <laughs> oh well, you're missing out on just some fun stuff. And the beauty of Carnage, while not being like a knock your socks off movie, potentially like the one we're about to talk about, mm-hmm. uh. A tight 90 minutes, Kevin. Just oh, a, really? Just a tight, <laughs> enjoyable 90 minutes that just, like, they don't waste time in it. Stuff happens. You huh. get to the, you get to the, you know, stuff happens, and then you get to watching Carnage and Venom fight. Like uh, tight 90 is such a novelty these days. I know. It's, what a, what a delight that is. And so, <laughs> and, and I, like, had that thing where, like, anytime somebody was, and you know me, I've, I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before, it, you could be watching the worst, most shittiest movie of all time, which I don't think Carnage is. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's the worst, most shittiest movie of all time. But if you are watching the worst, most shittiest movie of all time, and you can't find something you like about it, you're probably a pretty miserable person. And, uh, like, I, I would, even the people who were just shitting on Let There Be Carnage, I would be like, hey, it was 90 minutes, though. And they would be like, you are right, sir. <laughs> that was great. It was 90 <laughs> minutes. Over there half the time I yeah. 
it, which is yeah which is like it, pretty much how you know gone are the days of like let me just catch a quick 90 minute movie and then you know i got i got two hours to kill let me see a quick movie nobody like you can't really do that or anymore the days of the meme on this show when uh you know we went to see batman versus superman which was a tight three weeks oh god <laughs> that friggin' movie <laughs> like it just uh, kept going and then there was somehow a longer version oh no that was justice league but still oh. <laughs> either way um did you watch any of peacemaker no <laughs> people love the shit out of that show and I've, 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 good things, yeah. i gotta get into because we didn't cover suicide squad either did you see suicide squad I also didn't see that i've been oh okay <laughs> you gotta get into suicide squad here um because that was actually a good I, flick the james gunn one i saw like I saw Birds of Prey in like right before the pandemic hit, yeah. and then I didn't see anything else until Shang Chi. <laughs> yeah, which I'm pretty sure we did, but I mean, like Suicide Squad uh, came out right when I think right before Omicron hit, when everybody was trying to get back to yeah, that's quote unquote quote unquote normal. And I went to go see it in the drive-in because I was like, ah, screw it, I'll go see it in the freaking drive-ins because like drive-ins like honestly. Drive-ins should have made like a ma- should have had like a major comeback these last two years, and for whatever reason, it it didn't really happen. Uh, but you know, whatever. But I was like, wow, let me go see a fucking drive-in movie. And I liked that the last movie I saw in the drive-in, I can say now, was the James Gunn Suicide Squad, and not the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that I can say that now. At the very least, I've got that right. Like uh, but, the tire on top. <laughs> yeah, the, but the the James the James Gunn Suicide Squad is is quite enjoyable, and I'm sure like because it, it's on HBO Max or whatever, which we don't really have access to here in Canada. But yeah, I'm sure you can find a <laughs> copy of it somewhere on the internet, somewhere, right? Somewhere, yep. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, we're here to talk about the latest uh, entrant into the MCU that was Spider-Man No Way From Home, and it is preceded by The Eternals, which we talked about last time, which I think was the last time we did a comic book pod on this podcast, yeah, was so. you and me just shitting all over The Eternals and how <laughs> fucking boring and up its own ass that movie was, which it was. Yep. And uh, I... I I tried. Have you? Did you flick that on when they put it on uh, Disney Plus? Uh, I haven't. But have uh, you? Have you I, revisited I the Eternals? A couple times since then. <laughs> I I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna flick it on. Maybe I was just so bored in the damn theater that because like there's people online who are like, Eternals is a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. And I'm like, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I the wrong person in this? Am I the drama? I, am I the, yeah. Am I the miserable? Because, like, I've always said, you know, and, it, it, like, uh, I said it earlier, if you can't find something you like about a movie, and there were things I liked about The Eternals, but overall sure, I thought yeah, it was I very bad. Um, I, like, I was like, let me give it a shot. Maybe I'm wrong here. And then I turned it on, and I forgot that there's an opening, like, Star Wars, uh, like, letter scroll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, nope, no, I forgot about that. Fuck this movie. And I turned it off and I started watching something else, right? Like, and I was like, nope, can't do it. Can't do another rounds of watching the Eternals and they're friggin' just, you know, just walking around, just condescending, with their just condescending attitude of like, oh, look at these... Look at these pitiful humans. They're so beautiful. Look at them struggle and stuff. God, that is so irritating. But... The last entrant that we never got to is the much lauded 
just shy of two billion dollars, Kevin, in, in at the tail end at the tail end of a pandemic back in December when people were allowed in theaters right before we were put back into lockdown here in Canada. I don't remember. I don't think they got put back into lockdown down south, but uh, just before Christmas. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, when did you see this film? Did you see it opening week or how close to opening week did you go see it? Uh, not opening week because that was the, uh, it was like the weekend before Christmas, I think, like the 17th, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to uh, the in-laws uh, and no theater was playing it down there because, or, or rather they were totally sold out. Um, so didn't see it until maybe like uh, five days after opening, but you know. Still within the yeah, still within the first week though. Uh, I, I guess I should say spoiler alert, even though this movie's two months old and everybody already knows what the hell happened. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> spoiler alerts, I guess. Uh, did you get anything spoiled for you other than what we already knew going into this? I mean, what I knew going into it, there were a couple extra pieces that were like, "Ooh, that's fun. That's a fun little cameo or whatever." Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, there were obviously things that were, I mean, we're going to talk about it. I'm not going to speak up too about this. There was a lot of hype going into it that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to be in it, despite, you know, a lot yeah. of uh, naysay that they, you know, were denying that they were in it or like, you know, but then there were people who were picking apart the trailer and it's like, oh, someone invisible punches the reptile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was yeah, that was one. That was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I I gotta say, in all time, that's some Starbucks cup on the set of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, it, it would, but also like the fact that people know, the fact that people slow it down frame by frame to notice that type of shit. Because like my thing is with the trailers, and let me get into this because we're gonna, we might talk a little Doctor Strange at the end of this, but let me get into this right now. I am out from here on out out on watching trailers for the mcu i'm just what they did with this doctor strange super bowl trailer is unconscionably rude and offensive to me that they would lay that type of now maybe we're getting taken for a ride like it's wrestling kevin maybe we're all being worked that's what i assume I and like maybe they're all variants, but I I'm sorry I don't like that they teased the Illuminati that they they flat out said the Illuminati are going to be in this movie and here is probably uh, Sir Sir Charles uh, or Sir Charles Xavier and and uh, Pat and Sir Patrick Stewart <laughs> as as and he's going to be there as like variant. Illuminati, Professor X, you know, like uh, talking to Doctor Strange and stuff, and it's just like, how could they have possibly like, like I would have, because like there were like I popped wrestling style two or three times in this No Way From Home, and I would have loved to do that in this Doctor Strange movie, and I'm sure they'll have exact same thought. I I saw the trailer, and at the moment I was like, yeah, cool trailer, and I was, uh, you know. Loving it, and then you know you hear Patrick Stewart's voice that we all recognize because it's very iconic, and then you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, geez, you know that's so exciting." Then you're like, "Man, I would have liked to have been surprised by that." Yeah, and and it just man, that would have been great in theaters, and because I saw I saw this movie opening day, there were two or three moments where the crowd reacted like it was wrestling, and I was yep. in a packed theater. I don't know, were you in a packed theater at the time? We were in a fairly packed theater. It was masks on, but no spacing between the seats, so it was fairly full. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there were some, uh, you know, shut out loud moments when, you know, uh, Peter's Parker showed up and um, so on. Yeah, like I, I wanted I, to... I I, Garfield catches and they are falling off the building. <laughs> yeah, the Andrew Garfield renaissance based on, on this is... I'm, I'm, I'm all here for it and, and we, we can get into that later. But the... The the bit where, like, I just, I could, like, I, I was in a packed theater. Like, first first time I've seen a packed theater. I've been, like, basically pre, um, or, or, or post movies getting released back in theaters in COVID. I've been to see, I th- I, it was The Eternals, and then there's one other movie that is currently escaping my head. Uh, Shang-Chi? That I, no, Shang-Chi was, uh. Was Shang Chi was pre pandemic, wasn't it? Or no, Shang Chi was like a month before Eternals. <laughs> oh yeah, it must have been Shang Chi then. I went to Shang Chi and it was it must have been Shang Chi. So yeah, I guess it was all three Marvel flicks so far. Um, uh, Shang Chi I went and I went all three times pretty much on like the opening Thursday. And I've been to pretty much every, like, 10.30 Thursday showing here in northern Ontario where I go see flicks. And I will say that those shows are not necessarily packed. And I've been to pretty much every Marvel MCU movie at that time or every DC movie that is about to come out at that time. Spider-Man No Way From Home was the first time where that particular time slot, and this is, again, post-pandemic, and I've been to all of them pre and post this is the first time it was wall to wall packed. Like everybody had to go see this movie and, and it was like, like the, the, the wrestling style pops that happened in this movie were out of, and like, I would have liked that to happen for Dr. Strange, uh, in the multiverse of madness. And I think we still will have a couple of moments like that, but just the trailer gave away so much. It gave away Shimagorath, gave away America Chavez. It gave away the Illuminati. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And I'm still convinced that Deadpool's going to show up in uh, in that. And now I'm personally going to hate that because I hate Deadpool and I'm not a fan of Ryan Reynolds, uh, who I think tries too hard. But, uh, you know, other people will enjoy that and I'll kind of do the thing where it's like, no, I'm not rolling my eyes. I just have yeah, to look I, at the ceiling I, real quick. I've already seen, like you said, where people are picking apart the trailer like frame by frame, and it's like, oh, if you notice here, where there's like this background of like shattered glass, one of them has a reflection of like the shield with the uh, Union mm-hmm. Jack on it. So you know, is, yeah, is Captain Carter from like the uh, the, the what if? Know, the what well, they showed if. Strange Supreme. They showed Strange Supreme in the yeah, exactly. yeah so, and, and, well, and I'm they like, they already have that, and I mean that was yeah. in like the like teaser trailer they did at the uh, end credits of Spider Man yeah. uh, Far From Home. Which was cool. That was all I needed. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't need them to get more deep than that. If that was all they wanted to reveal, that Strange Supreme is going to be there, yeah. and I was like, I like I because I walked out of that because yeah, that's something we can talk about now is, um, and I wonder if it's something that they'll keep doing forward. Is the uh, end credit scene for this was not a stinger of any sort, but rather the trailer for the 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 first trailer for the Multiverse of Madness, which I was fine with because they teased two seconds of Shumagorath, and I'm like, oh, cool, Shumagorath, and then uh, Strange Supreme, and I'm like, that's fine, don't need anything else, and then the Super Bowl trailer, I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, I, as I, think, far as I recall, like that didn't get me hyped. That pissed me off. The Super Bowl trailer pissed yeah. me off. Well, I mean, it didn't piss me off, but I did feel it pissed. I'll be honest; it it pissed me off. I did not want. Um, I did not want America Chavez, and I did not want uh the Illuminati, especially, ruined for me. Yeah. 
they they did it once before uh like this uh after like way back in phase one after captain america the first avenger Mm-hmm. They had the uh, like the, that movie ended with him basically waking up and running into Times Square and realizing he's in like yes. the 21st century, uh, and then the post-credit scene was more or less like the teaser trailer for the Avengers. Yeah, you're right. They did the, so. Yeah, so they well, so in a 10-year span, they've gone to this well twice, right? Like, <laughs> or, or like in a or in a 14-year span, basically, they've gone I mean, to this I, well I, twice. I don't hate it when it's as big as this sort mm-hmm. of thing uh, posits to be, where like we're gonna have. Obviously, Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness is going to tie in like the uh, previous Doctor Strange movie. Obviously, it's going to have like the uh, post Endgame stuff. It's going to have tie-ins to WandaVision and and No Way Home and like a, like a few other th- and probably Loki, like things that have happened since. Uh, like it, it's basically the Avengers of Phase Four. Like it's the one that everything mm-hmm. is kind of building up to. It it, it seems. Yeah. So I, I kind of get why they're doing that sort of as like, this is our, you know, everything's been leading up to this. Now we're going to tease it at the end of Spider-Man because we know you're hype already because you just watched Spider-Man No Way Home. Your heart rate is, you know, it's, <laughs> it's pumping under your chest because it's, it's a hell of a spectacle that you just saw. Uh, so get ready for this next one as well. Like, I totally get it. And I, I'm fine with that sort of thing. Like, I'm, I'm fine with those sort of teasers because I want to be excited about these movies. I just don't want to go in knowing what the major plot beats are going to be already. And this is from someone who doesn't understand, like, a lot of the comic background. Like, I don't know who the fuck the Illuminati is. I have some idea, but, like, you know, I know that there's going to be some sort of Professor X thing going on there. It looked like he was walking with Ultron robots. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I've got a lot to be like, oh, okay. So there's a lot of, a lot of like, um, Easter eggs, even in the trailer, for people who are willing to pick it apart and I don't need to pick it apart for me because you know being ignorant about the source material is almost a blessing because I can go into something and not feel like it's been spoiled for me like I understand why you're mad because you know a lot more about this than I do mm-hmm. well if you want I can give you a broad strokes of what the well, don't want you don't yeah if you don't want it you don't want if you don't want it you don't want it and be surprised by what I see and not be like oh this is the storyline that they did before I know exactly what's happening yeah, well, like I, I can just give you the fringe explanation. Just yeah. so, so the the Illuminati basically were the six um, head, kind of the heads of the the six like major factors of Marvel. So uh, each one basically had like a head representative. So uh, Professor X, you know, was the mutant representative. Namor was the submar was the you know submarina the the underwater people uh, leader. Um, Black Bolt is there representing the Inhumans. Uh-huh. Uh, Stark and Reed Richards are there representing the uh, uh, kind of the humans and the science slash tech people. Yeah. And uh, oh boy, there's a sixth person who's uh, escaping. My... Oh, and uh, Doctor Strange was like the the leader of the you know the mystics or the like the the magic and the mysticism type and they just had a few they just had like a cool comic book run where it's like they were because they were the ones who made the decision to shoot hulk into the sun that started you know uh planet hulk and the world war hulk sort of uh you know like those comic arts which i know you're more familiar with and and, yeah and and you know that's it and we 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 it it seems like 
variant one of the very it seems like they're gonna do it where it's like th- this is like a variant kind of out of outside of space and time illuminati so there have been some rumors that they're gonna have some fun with it right like obviously it seems like patrick stewart is gonna be there but he's not gonna be our permanent like mcu charles xavier going forward it's he's just gonna be like hey remember fox charles xavier he's variant illuminati xavier right right um there's been some heavy rumors about uh that uh the guy from the mi6 franchise or the mi6 the mi the mission impossible franchise uh playing variant tony stark Oh, that's uh, Senor Cruz, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe playing variant Tom Stark. That's been a rumor. Uh, the internet has cl- has has been begging for many years for John Krasinski to play uh, Reed Richards. Reed Richards. There's been talk of of he's going to be there for for uh, uh, what what was it. Uh, uh, he's going to be variant Reed Richards in the Illuminati, uh, allegedly. Right. The guy who some rumors about uh, Anson Mount coming back as Black Bolt. <laughs> yeah, that was. I was just gonna say that that the, that the guy who who played uh, Black Bolt in the in the Inhumans show that was uh, unceremoniously canceled and burned and forgotten about forever will come back, which would be great because you wouldn't have to give him any lines anyway. You can just be like, "Hey, he made well, it. I Good never, for him. Collect that check." That. And I, I know Anson Mount because he was uh, he was Captain Pike on uh, the season two of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they're doing, like, a spinoff of, like, him and his crew. So, like, Rebecca Romaine is number one and uh, uh, Ethan Peck as Spock. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, that's fun. I didn't realize he was in, in Humans. Yeah. Because I paid very little attention to Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was not good. It's on Disney+, Plus and I've stared at it a couple of times and been like, how bad is this really? <laughs> like, I know. Every once in a while I actually see uh, Legion on, uh, on uh, Disney+. Oh, I gotta, like, fin- oh, I, I, gotta I gotta finish that third season. I never actually watched the third season. I only ever saw the first season, but I liked it enough that I would go yeah. back and rewatch through it all at this point. <laughs> season 2 was really good and had a really great M. Night Shyamalan twist in the final episode. Oh, okay. Uh uh, which is why I'm curious to see how they spun the web of season three, um, which people love too. Uh, so yeah, I got to go back and uh, hmm. rewatch Legion. Man, that one Bolero episode was so fucking good. Um, anyway, it, this is just a long-winded way of me saying I'm completely out on Marvel cinematic trailers from now on. Like I just, if I can avoid seeing them, I mean, if they're going to continue doing the thing forward. Where it's like uh, we're gonna use them as our end of credit stingers from now on. Like if it, maybe that was a one-time thing, but if they're like, this is what we're gonna do going forward is we're gonna show the trailer for the next one. Right. I'll just be like, ah, whatever. I'll be in the chair, and I'll probably be so happy after having seen it that it won't bother me that much, right? Yeah, but... yeah. I, that's kind of how I feel. Is like, um, I, I like to see a trailer, and I don't feel like it spoils a terrible amount for me because I don't know what's happening going in. Um, my thing is that even if I skip the trailers, like I'm going to see on social media, people picking them apart anyway. Yeah. It's but like, like, like you that's couldn't th- avoid, uh, you couldn't avoid like WandaVision or spoilers. <laughs> well, WandaVision people were out of control with, but like the, the, and like the toxic Spider-Man fans that were like just so bad. They were just like, tell us that they're all in it. Right. Like, and it was just like, Oh, for the love of God. And, uh, like, I don't know. They just, it, the Spider-Man fans were so toxic that I, it was just like, 
I don't know. I, I just, I couldn't get it. It's like, you, you can't wait for like, because I, I just take it, I, it's weird, because I assume that some of these people that are Spider-Man fans were also like wrestling fans at some point of their lives, right? Where it's like, you can't just like, you got to wait for the buildup and then have the moment come. You can't just be like, give it to us now, now, oh, I want it now. And well, the movie like... was full of it and I enjoyed every moment of it when mm-hmm. it was like, oh my God. They're playing Doc Ock's music. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I was, I was upset when now that was. I, I can't blame the Toxic Spider-Man fan base for this, but like Alfred Molina was the only one who was just like, "Yeah, I'm in that fucking movie." He's <laughs> like, like, "Yeah, I'm back as Doc Ock. Thought it'd be fun as hell to do Doc Ock again." Yeah, yeah why not? I'd collect a nice little paycheck while I'm at it. <laughs> and then everybody was like, "Well, I guess it's on now." <laughs> Right? Yeah. And, and and but like man if they if they didn't because like if they didn't do because they gave away that uh, doc ock was in it in the trailers and then they gave away that the green goblin was in the trailers yep. and i just and that scene was fucking enjoyable when doc ock first shows up but as it was happening i couldn't help but have this little tic tac in the back of my head go how fucking hype would this entire room be and, you know, myself right now if we didn't know that this was happening in a trailer? Like, yeah. <laughs> like if if like if we heard that, like, boom on the bridge, the boom on the bridge, and then the boom on the bridge, we all would have been like, oh, what's this? And then when they bring down the fucking Doc Ock, uh, like, metal arm, mm-hmm. the entire crowd would have been like, holy shit! And well, then it would have been Alfred Molina, and then Alfred Molina, we all would have been like, holy fuck, right? Just, like, going crazy. Everybody would have been looking around going, like, are you watching this? Like, in the, the movie. <laughs> you see this shit? And then at the end of the scene, to hear the Willem Dafoe Green Goblin laugh and then a pumpkin bomb, like, roll across the thing and have him go, Osborne? Like, you just, you would have fucking lost your mind again! Right? Yep. Like, it just, like, and but, like, we knew that those two guys were coming and it, and it was just, like, Man, if they could have just kept that under wraps. Now, I, you know, I can't because, you know, Kevin Feige's been very good about everybody being like, "Hey, shut the fuck up," you know, when we do, you know, <laughs> or, or like about you know having people being like, "Don't give any shit away." Everybody, shut the hell up, or else I'm gonna like start, oh, you know, probably taking today where like Patrick Stewart made a statement, you know, hinting at the fact that you know I'm not in the movie. You can't prove anything. Ha ha ha. Yeah, and, like at one point, I guess in like this clip, he did like a side eye, like look off to the side, and people like zoom in, like here's where Kevin Feige has a gun to his head. Yeah, here's Kevin Feige's yeah off camera, giving him the throat slash motion. <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. It, I just yeah, that 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 was such a great moment, and like we just would have been so hype, and and uh, yeah, and then to think about well, like what else are we gonna get, right? And then but. Yeah, I I just well we're getting into the we're we're getting into the film now. I am wondering what you where where do you have this ranked overall in your MCU? Did it crack your top five or perhaps even higher? Uh, in the moment, definitely cracked my top five. Um, wow. Okay. Lot lot of hype. Um, mm-hmm. I would be curious to watch it again now, knowing you know what all the yeah. twists and turns are. Uh, I've always liked the uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. I, I think that they are all probably in my top ten overall. Um, again, it's super difficult to pick an order, but uh, 
I, I really enjoyed this movie in the moment, and it might be because, you know, I had explained because we saw the trailers and, you know, I talked to my, my daughter about, you know, you know, hey, this is a character who was in, um, he was a villain in, in Spider-Man 2 back in, like, 2001, and, like, this is why it's mm-hmm. cool, and now she's gone and watched those movies, and she was super hyped for it as well, like, you know, you kind of get to see it through the kid's eyes now and then, and it's a lot more fun when you do, um, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it at the time. Kind of looking back, it seemed like it was um, a lot of good scenes, but I don't know that it necessarily tied together super well in a in a way that wasn't just like here's another um, here's another like you know mic drop moment so to speak. Uh, one after the other like there was a lot of um yeah I don't, I don't know what i'm talking about here um the thing that i've always liked about the tom holland spider-man movies is that uh they feel especially brutal like here's a kid who is totally out of his element he has no idea what this world is about and he is constantly feels swept up in it one way or the other because he has this sense of uh right and wrong and responsibility and so on um so like the parts that were really affecting is like you know the scene where you know again spoiler alert spoiler alert aunt may dies and you know peter is beat to shit and he's in a burning building with the corpse of his last remaining family member and it's it was brutal and it's a total throw to what is basically the next scene which is you know ned with his magic ring cracking wise while you know summoning spider-man to his his grandma's house or whatever like it was a huge disconnect (laughs) so like it it, there's a lot to enjoy but like it feels like i really enjoyed individual scenes and maybe the themes weren't tied together super well or it didn't tie together like it felt like it could have used some tightening up he, yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can buy that. I, I just, you I didn't th- enjoy it that much. <laughs> I didn't. Is that what you're asking? I, I'm asking if you didn't, because you seem surprised that I would rank it highly. <laughs> no, I am absolutely not. I, I have this. I have to do some serious thinking about it, but I'm pretty sure I have this in my top three. Oh yeah, okay. But it, it is, it is tough. Because there's so much going into this that I have. There's, there's so much that went into this film that I have as a fan of this character as an, and as a fan of the movies that came before it that it's, yeah. it's tough for other ones. Because I saw the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man the day it came out. I missed... A, and this is back when I was a hardcore basketball fan, back, back before the, the NBA and, and certain behavior of it destroyed my love of basketball and to the point where I haven't actually watched a game in close to three years now. Um, the Boston Celtics had a game five. It was win or go home because back then the, the first round in the NBA was only five games. Uh, against the old Allen Iverson 76ers, back when Allen Iverson was at the height of his powers. They had a game five, and it was win or go home. But I had a ticket, and it was playing the same night as Spider-Man was coming out. And I was like, I'm going to see Spider-Man. I'm sorry. This is Now this is a little bit of young, naive kid thinking, I'll have plenty of Celtics playoff games for the rest of my life or whatever, <laughs> right? 
this is Spider-Man might be a one-time only thing. Um, <laughs> this thing might not make it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And, and, you know, keep in mind, this was the year 2000, 2001, right? Where we were kind of, we kind of hadn't cracked the, spy, the, the comic book movie code yet. Everyone that had, not everyone, but most of the ones that had preceded the Spider-Man movie were the, the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man were kind of a fucking embarrassment yeah, to... At, at that point, you had one X-Men movie. That was before, decent, but not great. And before that, I think the last comic movie was probably Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, and Blade was in there, too. Blade yeah, was de- so... for, for, First Blade is Dece, and I got a lot of love for that first Blade movie, even though uh, not a great villain in that <laughs> movie. But if if... Wesley Snipes is on screen. That movie is fucking. It goes right. That movie yeah, goes. Yeah. But if he's not on screen, that basically, and that kind of is how it should be. Basically, if Blade is on the screen, the movie's fucking great. But if he's not, it's like Jesus Christ, get to fucking Blade. Where is he? Steven Dorf, get off my screen. You suck. Right? Like it's basically that. How that movie goes. Um, which we did a commentary track to. Go back and check that one out. Uh, the. I, there, so much goes into this movie that it's going to be tough. I have this it, in my it's personal... Crazy. It's hard to separate how much you enjoy the movie from the nostalgia you hold, I think. It's, it's true. Like... Yeah, there, there, is the, there is that. There is that for sure. But also, I do think that this is a damn good movie, even though if you really boil it down, the crux of this movie is, will these three characters get into MIT? Huh? No backup schools for any of them? They're just, it's MIT or bust for these three? <laughs> like, it's just, really? Not even a backup school? <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, BC's just down the road from MIT. That's a pretty good technological school, right? They, they like, showed the scene. It was a montage. They literally didn't get into their backup schools either. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, they did have some, I guess they did have backups. You're right. <laughs> for some reason, I was like, really? They didn't have any backups? It's just MIT? Uh, um... Bust. Yeah, MIT your bust for these people. Uh I, I was just man, it was it was really uh it it was just it was it was really, really good. Like I have this I think in my in my personal rankings. I think I, I have this one as number three. I think it knocked uh I think I think it knocked either I, I, I it knocked either <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy or Black Panther off my off my Mount Rushmore, I think. Mm, okay. And I got my my current Mount Rushmore is probably Winter Soldier, yep. Infinite Infinity War, No Way Home. Uh and then probably maybe Guardian maybe Guardians is still number 4 on my Mount Rushmore, but the point is is that No Way Home is 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 firmly on my Mount Rushmore, but No Way Home just has act to certain weapons but that said we'd never seen a fucking movie or or, or what they pulled off no it's totally before. wild and, and the fact that it has a uh good plot outside of all the fan servicey moments because it's a fan servicey yeah. as hell movie and yeah. as a fan i'm totally okay with it <laughs> and has every right to be and because like you can't if this is shit we never thought we could ever see pulled off in fucking movies before and yeah, they they, exactly. they they pulled it off right like it, yeah, it, it's just it, it's, it's super cool. Well, like the, yeah, like I thought, like Doctor Strange plays a a reasonable role in it and is like mm-hmm. the tenth most impressive person in. It. <laughs> yeah, 
and like and like that was a great sequence too when when uh they were uh when dr strange and him are kind of and and the tom holland spider-man are kind of fighting like it like for lack of a better phrase yeah in the mirror universe like that was that was really great and then spider-man does the thing where he's like wait a minute i can use math to beat dr (laughs) strange and i'm and i'm like that's my fucking (laughs) spider-man right he's like he's like i'll use math to beat the wizard and i'm like yes yes that's how (laughs) spider-man he's like i don't know i fought dr strange and i guess i won (laughs) yeah yeah that was was pretty funny but like i was i was wondering who they were gonna when they revealed the spider-man because we all knew when they revealed the spider-man i was wondering who they were gonna reveal first and i think the decision to reveal andrew garfield first i think was the right fucking decision i agree yep when ned did the thing which i was bumping into a little bit in that moment when ned just picks up dr strange's sling ring and is like i'm magic now that that uh, that that i think was the biggest thing i bumped into in the movie and i realized that you know ned Leeds is is a character that does some shit in the comics but for that particular character the way they framed him in the first two movies to just pick up a to have one like offline about my he's like my grandmother says our family's always been magical or something like that and it's like oh your grandma eh? yeah it's like and and it's like yeah i'm pretty sure she meant that metaphorically there (laughs) and then he puts the sling ring on and is able to use it and then when he does it and you see the dark alleyway with the spider-man and it's clearly the andrew garfield suit yeah. walk through the thing but you, you you still have the thing where you're like i'm pretty sure that's the fucking andrew garfield thing but we don't know and then he takes off the mask and it's andrew garfield the, the people in my theater went fucking ballistic honestly it was like when jericho fucking debuted on monday night <laughs> raw back in like 1999 it was like that big of a of a pop in the theater it was it like i'll I'll never forget. Like it's honestly one of the most memorable theater-going moments I've I've ever had. Honestly, like yeah, in, in terms of just yeah. crowd, in terms of just like crowd reaction. I'll always remember how I felt in that moment. It it was, it, and then just the the talk afterwards. The the like Andrew Garfield doing the thing where he's he sticks to the wall with one hand, and they're like crawl around. And he's like, I'm not going to crawl around. This is good enough, you know. Like, and just <laughs> and Andrew Garfield, who I always felt like got a really raw deal with. Uh, the Spider-Man movies that he was in, because those were not great scripts, but he was pretty good in it. And him and Emma, Emma, Emma Stone, right? And, yep. uh, yeah, him and Emma Stone, I thought had great chemistry in those movies. And um, I just realized in my head that we're three for three in terms of Spider-Man and Mary Jane. All three Spider-Man and Mary Jane people uh, had dalliances in real life as well yep i I just realized in my head that we're three for three on those right i was like oh because it makes sense they all had great chemistry because they all dated a little bit in real life too so Uh, you know uh, there was someone it might have been kevin feige who apparently was like all right you two like to tom holland and zendaya like don't fall in love don't do it did he yeah yeah and uh I saw somebody had a great tweet where they were like, we need more love for, cause like Tom Holland is short in real life. Right. Like yeah. and she, he, he, there was somebody, some uh, woman who tweeted something like we, we need, we need someone, we need women to be more, uh, 
Because, like, man, if you go out, like... And I watched The Bachelor. And if you're basically under... The, the Bachelor at this point, Kev, is like... Or The Bachelorette is like the NBA. Where if you're under 6'2", you might as well just fucking leave. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you might as well leave. And, and like... And, uh, and like, I, I'm basically as close as you can be to six feet without being six feet, so I'm not short. But if I try to go on that show, I'll look like, a f- like I'll look fucking, like, I just don't belong there. Because I'll be like, look at this short guy. And I'll be like, I'm not short. I'm six feet tall, right? Like, but I'll look short. And it's just like, so, yeah, so someone tweeted something like, we need more love for our short, you know, we as females or something need to uh, have more love for our short kings. Because Zendaya's out there, and do, if you think you're better than fucking Zendaya, you're not, <laughs> right? you're or something. Wrong. Yeah, you're fucking wrong. So that that was that I was a funny line that I thought was out there. Two of them being at an award show, and uh, Tom Holland said something like, "I would like to thank whoever made Zendaya's shoes because she was wearing heels and was like a full foot taller than him." <laughs> yeah, and well, because also they had something where uh, in the in the infamous scene in the beginning of the movie where to, uh, Tom Holland is like uh, Tom Holland Spider Man is zipping around with. Uh, her on girders and stuff trying to escape the crowd right uh <laughs> apparently when they were shooting that scene they had to like harness her in a certain way but yeah, like I, it was, it was yeah. t- it, but he was saying that it, like in one of the interviews he was saying it was tough to shoot because she's taller than me or something so i was like like she had to like crouch down and we weren't getting it right so her back was starting to hurt and stuff like that or, or something yeah. so it's good but you know good for them for for powering through yeah. but like um, super interesting to me that the story basically mm-hmm. became like you know you didn't get into mit so we're going to escalate this by you having a short-sighted idea that ends up causing a big problem and yeah other than just cleaning up your mess and brushing it under the rug once once you realize that that's basically going to send these guys back to the moment in which they die um to basically rehabilitate them instead was something that i don't think i've seen in a superhero movie before yeah and that i thought was a great twist because that's very very spider-man and like so i didn't i didn't i didn't feel like that was like okay you're just doing this for the sake of having a movie right um and you know a couple of people pointing out well if peter parker just asked him to do this he would have been fine and i'm like oh god come on man we gotta have a movie right like (laughs) yeah we gotta have a movie you can't just be like well if spider-man was smart enough he could have broken the thing you know and i'm like yeah but that's a real like uh, one of us only tells the truth, and one of us always tells lies, and you know, sort of a thing. And like, congratulations to you for figuring out the riddle, but like, uh, yeah. but like, we're trying to have a movie here, you know, like. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I just yeah, like and Doctor A just talked to Character B about this at the beginning. There never would have been a problem. It's like, well, yeah, but then the movie would be six minutes and you'd hate it. Yeah, and also people make mistakes in real life too, right? And like, if you like, so that's somewhat realistic to me. But I, like, I this was. You, uh, how did you feel about the uh, Spidey Sense scene where he's just wandering around Happy's apartment trying to figure out what was off? I thought that was the best shot thing in the entire movie, it to was be honest. Really strong. I agree. And then, and then when Willem Dafoe, and that was Willem Dafoe who had, in, in a series of strong Willem Dafoe moments, that was his strongest moment, it's right? When, yep. when he when he did the again this this movie, and it's no wonder I, I love this movie because <laughs> there's so many wrestling type fucking moments right with the the that's run-ins a phrase, that's a phrase i use without remembering yeah that it's a wrestling <laughs> yeah with the run-ins and the and the and the heel turns and the face turns and everything it was just fucking yeah when he turned and he and he was just like you'll never stop me you're too weak he like i faced the real spider-man and stuff like that i was like oh my god 
god, it's so good. <laughs> right? like, hey, another memorable villain in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, asterisk. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And just like the... Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the villains before we, 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 we get into the... Uh, the the the, the spider man all at the end because i want to talk about that because like the <sighs> they were all so good in this movie it was so even even to see the ones that like even to see jamie fox like being awesome and, and they gave him the glow up and then made fun of it and they were like didn't you used to have shitty hair and stuff like that because like nobody wants to see jamie fox with shitty hair in a movie yeah. right like so they just let him be that and he's standing there just being awesome and he has the line where he's like i remember i was whooping spider-man's ass right and then oh shit i died <laughs> right? you know and then he, he realizes it and he's so like what Wait, happened we after that Is it, uh... <laughs> yeah and then he's like oh and i was just like god it was it was it was really really just like he was good and the like when eels i laughed <laughs> yeah that was funny and uh, and thomas hayden church showing up and being like spider-man what because like they did the thing where even at the end of that terrible spider-man movie he did the thing where he was like they you know he basically became a good guy at the end and in this he was like yep. You know what? What the hell? He goes like, "Where did we all go?" Or whatever. He goes like, "Spider-Man, what the hell is going on?" And, and it was Thomas Hayden Church's voice, and I'm just like, "All right, we're fully fucking, we're going, we're we're fucking doing this." And then like, uh, uh oh god, what's his face? Like, and Alfred Molina, just like when he first showed up, and he's just like comic book villain over the top. Oh, yeah. And then they they fix him, and he's like. Oh, on the side boy. of yeah he's like peter my boy and he yeah and he gets to do the the the, the and like the the i'm something of a scientist meme that they that yep, they uh, the finger that, point meme <laughs> yeah the the finger point meme yeah i was even like reese of uh, what's his name reese Fons. i can never remember how to pronounce his, yep. his last name but he was back as doctor and i was even happy to see that and stuff even though that's not a great movie even though the ending uh, was really good because like, i do think as much as we shit on the Amazing Spider-Man two, the scene where Gwen Stacy dies mm-hmm. is good. It is. It's good, and it's emotionally. And then they called back to it in this one. And as a failure on his part. Uh, yeah, as a failure on his part. <laughs> and that was the in in, in a series again in a, in a movie. This is a comic book movie. Where they're just fucking going for all nostalgia and fan service, and there's still so many great acting, like honest to goodness acting moments in this movie. Like, like there's, yeah. there's uh, we we mentioned the Willem Dafoe heel turn moment, mm-hmm. and but like Andrew Garfield, like when Zendaya falls, and this is one of the criticisms of the first two series of Spider-Man movies, is the Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield ones is. Emma Watson, not so much, because Emma Emma Stone, Emma Stone, not so much, um, because she does get to do some stuff in her movies, but uh, Kirsten Dunst more, like, one of the heavy criticisms of that is Kirsten Dunst is basically there to... Uh, be passed around by all of the male characters in the movie and then uh yeah and then fall off buildings waiting for the men to catch her right like she doesn't really have uh that much of an arc uh, even though there is some stuff about her trying to escape poverty and uh become an actress and stuff like that much like the real mary jane watson um or the original 
run of Mary Jane Washington. But mostly, it's it's if I was a female, I'd be like, yeah, I don't really, not really digging the old uh, Kirsten Dunst version of Mary Jane. But Zendaya in this movie is running around doing cool shit, yep. fighting stuff, verbally sparring with the bad guys. So when she falls, at least to me, that didn't seem like this is shitty. The woman is only here to be saved by the men, sort of a thing. At least to me, to me, it didn't feel like that. It feel like they oh, earned because she had agency. <laughs> exactly right. She had that's a great word for it. Is she had agency? She had done stuff. Her performances were amazing. She was, as we suggested, great in all fa- in all facets of the film. Mm-hmm. And when she falls, I like. I lean forward in my chair because I'm like, oh my god, is Andrew Garfield going to catch her? Because that would be like the great fucking moment. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then Tom Holland catches her initially, and I'm like, and I kind of sat back in my chair, and I'm like, "Ah, I guess that makes sense. It's It's the Tom Holland scene where where Tom Holland dives after her and then gets totally like side, like broadsided by the uh, Goblin Glider thing. (laughs) Yeah, and then and then she continues to fall. Yeah, and it's like, oh shit! And then Andrew Garfield jumps and makes the catch and that elicited probably the third or fourth biggest pop of the film when he caught her but then that gave him his best acting moment when she's like are you okay and he was just like yeah and it was but it it was so much of like relief slash dread and i'm like i'm like watching that going that's fucking acting right there right you know where it's like that's like that those are the things where like because like you know i i kind of look at acting sometimes and i'm like it's not really that hard right <laughs> and why and right it's not let's be honest it's really fucking not and uh but like that i was watching i'm like that's you know that's what that's why these these people get paid the big bucks to do this on in movies right is because that's the stuff that you can't just walk off the street and kind of kind of do right yeah yeah and, especially as like you know the, the in the meta sense coming back to the role after like what seven years eight years yeah and and, and having to you know having that redemption that, that arc basically finished in someone else's movie effectively like it's, it's yes so good yeah, it, it was that 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 especially after probably hearing like a bunch of naysaying and stuff like that about his movies for years, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And and like and he was so because he was he coming out of this movie, he had the most hype. I thought to the point where everybody was like reminded about how awesome Andrew Garfield is. Yep, he had an and... awesome redemption moment, and he had great chemistry with the other two Spider Men, especially Tobey Maguire. The two of them chatting just cracked me up every single time. <laughs> Yeah, when they were doing the back cracking thing, which I guess was a reference to the fact that uh, that his back in real life almost kept him from taking the Spider-Man role originally. Did yeah. you did you know about this? Story? Yeah, 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 I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, and who do you remember who who was second in line to get the? I don't. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try to look that up as we chat, but there there was somebody who who basically Tobey Maguire. Sony was like, it basically came down to like, okay, we want you. Are you in or you out? Like, yeah. is the back going to be a thing? Because we have Guy X. Uh, huh. it, like, we've got Guy X, and Guy X was like somebody who who went on to have uh, to to have a, a totally you know like a <laughs> yeah a pretty decent career, but not like, but you know somebody who wouldn't who also like who you know they're not starving but also would have been like 
hey, that would have been nice to have, uh, you know, that would have been that would have been a nice little like paycheck uh, to have, uh, you know, <laughs> like that to be a Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would have been that would have been a nice one to to have. Yeah, you know, um, but just calling attention to, like how tropey like comics are in general. Like it was a lot of fun to them to be like, oh yeah, how how did uh, he get formed? Well, he fell into a vat of eels. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it through me. That made me laugh my ass off. <laughs> the how did you feel about using Aunt May and the Marissa Tomei character or the Marissa Tomei version as the Aunt May or sorry, as the Uncle Ben of this particular um, uh, of this particular one? Because that was something I heard. I didn't hear a lot of people. I didn't hear a lot of people uh, talking about it, but. Uh, there were a couple people out there who were like, I think, I think they're going to kill Aunt May and, uh, and do the, uh, and have her do the, with great power comes great responsibility line. So there were a couple people doing their end zone dance afterwards. Uh, that was a scene I didn't expect to hear because they kind of, um, they played at it in his first appearance in civil war already. There's a line where he says to like Tony Stark, like when you've got this sort of power and you don't stop the bad thing from happening, it's your fault or something. Like it's like a roundabout way of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't really do like the Spider-Man origin story in the MCU, I figured, okay, well that's that's their call to it and that's it. Um, so I didn't see it coming, and as soon as she said it, I'm like, oh well, she's gonna die. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, they didn't drag it out to their credit, and it did happen, like, later that scene. So, you know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, what a twist that we all totally saw coming. But um, I thought it was a very effective scene. I I liked it, too. And much like the Zendaya thing, this didn't feel like fridging the woman to me. They could like have that... done it so hammy in so many ways. Right? And like for as fan servicey a movie as this is, they didn't get super cheesy with it. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, this did did this feel like fridging the woman to you? That is the that is the the trope, right? Is is uh, yeah. fridging the woman? That's the yeah. right one. So this calls back to I believe it was a Green Lantern. Uh, yeah comic where uh you know he didn't want to be a hero didn't want to be a hero and then he finds that like whatever villain uh killed his girlfriend and stuffed her inside the fridge um and then he's like well now i have to be a hero because i have personal tragedy on my side and it is yeah where you know women are killed to give men motivation Yeah, yeah um but uh no not i don't think the case here because i mean he had already been on the heroic path for several movies up until this point and and mostly in this movie like yeah. this came as a result of him doing everything he could to try to rehabilitate these villains and mostly succeeding uh up until that point and even while like giving her her dying breath may was like no i don't regret this decision you still need to try to save norman basically um and i i thought that was super effective and it was a really emotional death scene because like i said before like they they do stuff with this ostensibly teenage character um where they put him in like these you know when when captain america gets get the shit beat out of him you're like okay well he's a consenting adult in this situation yeah but when to- when when you know tom holland who you know is an adult in real life but is playing like you know a 17 18 year old movie uh as uh year old in this movie 
uh, and he gets the shit beaten out of him by old men, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, I'd feel bad for this kid. <laughs> and, you know, to have his last living relative die in his arms while, uh, you know, he would be feeling the guilt of, I tried to do this and it didn't work. It's my fault. And, you know, I should have never tried. It, it was a very effective scene to me. That's probably like you, you quoted the, uh, the, the spider sense scene earlier. Uh, I think that the Aunt May death scene is my favorite of this movie. Yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it, yeah, to me it, it was good and they earned it. And Marissa Tomei was so good. And the way they built it up with her, where she's like, well, you, you know, the entire time she was saying you can't just kill them or whatever, or yeah, get rid of them. Cause that's, that's the easy way out. Because sort of it's easy thing. for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and she'd been in tons of movies before, and she'd always been beside him, and it was just like, okay, they're going to use her in the Uncle Ben role. This I'm perfectly fine with this. And then when she died, I was like, it never felt to me like fridging, like they were fridging the woman or whatever, right? It, oh. That that trope is, and I was just like, they, I was like, hey, they they earned that. So like the fact that she died, and it is going to like kind of quote unquote motivate the male character i was still like that's this is not fridging because they they worked for this like if you work for it it's not necessarily fridging but if it's just like yeah i agree it's it's like everyone who throws around the term mary sue without really knowing what it means true yeah and and uh yeah yeah uh let's talk about a couple of the things before we get into the spider-mans because you got to get out of here soon um charlie cox Back as Daredevil. That was fun for like, I mean, my, 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 my wife and daughter. And shit. That was amazing for me. They had no idea what the fuck was going on. And then he caught the brick before Spider Man. Because that was my favorite part is like, Spider Man is like ready to catch it, but Daredevil snapped to, to yep. beat him to it. And she was like, and he was like, how did you do that? And he's like, I'm a good lawyer. I'm and a I really good like, lawyer. But like when he sat down, that honestly might have been the second biggest pop. Like the, the biggest pop for me was the, like, the theater I was in was Andrew Garfield. Uh, the third biggest, I think, was when Andrew Garfield saves Zendaya. I'm pretty sure the second biggest was... Uh, Toby. Toby. Or, no, uh, Toby was probably fourth-ish. Charlie Cox might have, but was still like... Because everybody was too juiced off of... Uh, everybody was too juiced off of Andrew Garfield to rise to that level when... So that's not Toby Maguire's fault. But people were still like, fuck yeah, when, to, when Toby when Toby Maguire came through the thing. Uh and uh, but when Charlie Cox sat down, that was the second biggest uh, pop of the the theater in in the the one at least in the showing that I see, which is hilarious because he apparently uh, Charlie Cox came out yesterday in an interview with like uh, Ain't It Cool or some one of those comic book websites, and basically he admitted that he was like. I heard that people were reacting really heavily to my appearance in the thing. So and he was like, my wife and I went to see to see it, like, and it was like crickets or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, I was a little I disappointed, <laughs> yeah, or something. But oh. like, but like the caveat of that story is, yeah, you went like a month in, Charlie. Everybody, oh, everybody knew you were in it. If you went week one, you would have heard people fucking, you know, like yeah, this is approximately popping off streamers and shit. Uh, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio was back in Hawkeye. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That, which, which we haven't talked about that yet on the show. Uh, uh, so may, maybe I have you back on next week or something. When we talk Hawkeye. Um, uh, quick out of ten, what did you give Hawkeye? Ooh, jeez, I have to think about that. Um, Is that like a seven or an eight? Not yeah, like a seven I, or an I eight for Hawkeye. Like I, think. I mean, there was a lot to enjoy, but uh, it, I, I didn't like it as much as yeah. say Loki. 
Yeah, only because I, I read that Fraction run, which they based most of the series off of, which is the best Hawkeye run. And I had a lot of fun with it. I will say yeah. that um, I am looking forward to seeing more of Yelena Belova more now than when I saw Black Widow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, when Charlie Cox showed up, that was fucking awesome. And Daredevil teaming up with Spider-Man is probably one of my all-time favorite. Because Daredevil is, I think, like, he's in my... Like, his Daredevil and, and Black Panther are, like, my two favorite Marvel characters of all time. So I'm excited to see that go. Uh, you expressed earlier that you had not seen the Venom movies. Yep. So where did the where did the the stinger with uh, the Sony Venom and uh, Tom Hardy actually being there? Where I mean, did that it, land for you? It was fun. Um, it was yeah. uh, you know I, I I knew enough about that movie that I recognized what was happening, obviously. But um, yeah, it was a it was a cute idea of like you know here's someone who also came into our universe, but like not everyone shows up on Peter Parker's doorstep. You know, yeah. he looked like he was in another country altogether and then, you know, vanished ineffectively. Yeah, he was in like Mexico or something <laughs> like that. And and then, but and then he left behind the symbiote, which was a fun little a piece of the symbiote, which is a fun little uh, yeah. thing. But like I love it so much that, that moment where he's like, I wanna fight an alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great when he was doing all the self death he's like, Man, I suck. You've got your own thing and you went to space. All I did was fight a rhino, right? <laughs> like, and then with the like, I'm a member of the Avengers, which wait, this is a good transition <laughs> into talking about just the three of them being together in every scene and then them being like, I was in the Avengers and they're like, great. Wow. Great. What, what is, what, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is that? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> and just like when, when the three of them are, to, yeah. When the three of them are together doing the science stuff in the, in the science room at the high school yeah. and, and it was just like, this is fucking Spider-Man this and they're all fun. telling it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, and they're like, I got to make my web shooters. And he's like, uh, you know, Tobey Maguire, which is one of the things people hated about the Tobey Maguire yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. They were like, Hey, do you gotta, you guys gotta make your own web shooters. And he's like, yeah. And he just fires it out. And they're like, Whoa, does that come out of you? And being like, Oh, I wish I had that. I gotta make my own. God, I'm you know, like that's Andrew Garfield again, being like, I gotta make my own. That's so lame. Right. Like, you ever had a web blog? And he's like, well, I did have a web blog. Like they're, they're reciting basically the finer details of like their previous movies. Where yeah. Like, oh yeah. Of their I movies, guess there yeah. was a spot in like Spider-Man two where he couldn't web anymore. Yeah, and there was the, yeah, which, you know, a lot of us thought that that was leading to, like, the man spider stuff, because that usually happens in the comic books, yep. is what he, when his powers aren't working, he mutates into the man spider, uh, but uh, the bit in, uh, but that didn't go anywhere in Spider-Man 3, which, man, that movie's, the problems with that movie were just legion, the, but yeah, like, and when Ned goes up to him, and he's like, did you have a best friend, and Tommy Rose's like, yeah, I did, uh, he, died after he tried to kill me but he did save me or whatever yeah, right? Yeah. right before he died uh and stuff like that and just with the three of them just sw- like just the shot of the three spider-man just swinging into battle 
Yeah, there was that and shot where landing. Like, we got to team up and work together, and then they all like to have the hero shot on the on the new Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah, and the and, yeah, and they 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 swing it. They're swinging by, and they all do the Spider Man three point stance, land on the on the top of the Statue of Liberty, and it was just like God, that was just as a fan of that character that like that was fucking gorgeous and then when and then when he's about to and when the tom holland uh spider-man is about to kill the like he's bringing it down like he's about to kill Mm -hmm. fucking willem dafoe's green goblin and toby mcguire steps in and stops him i'm just like this is so fucking good like i'm just watching it going like god this is good like the people who just make these show make we're making this movie just the, the the love that they have it's for these characters it was just yep absolutely yeah the three of them together it was it was it was an absolute dream how many times did you see this in theaters uh just the one but uh just once. looking forward to seeing it again yeah. i think it's coming to disney plus soon <laughs> no i don't it's not gonna be on disney plus because sony's got the rights i don't know where it's i don't know where it's ending up which is why i'm gonna buy it on dvd i think it might be the first piece of physical media i've bought in like seven <laughs> yeah maybe close to a decade i'm gonna get it on dvd because like i watched it twice in theaters i would have went to see it a third time but we got put in lockdown pretty oh. <laughs> uh pretty soon out of uh you know pretty sometime back in january shortly i remember we got the, yeah, yeah shortly shortly after the movie came out we got we got put back in lockdown up here in Canada, which was you know that was a whole thing that never should have happened it was a giant mistake by our government here in ontario um but it is what it is. Uh, and uh, it was... I would have gone back to see it a third time. I can't wait. Uh, so, yeah, because I don't know... I remember reading about it. It's not going to be on Disney+, Plus, which has been the cool thing about Disney+, Plus, at least in the... Um, in this post-COVID era. And, you know, I realize post-COVID is a relative term. <laughs> but uh, in, in this era of us being able to go back into movie theaters is that... Shang Chi was on Disney Plus like two months later. Black yep. Widow was on like two months later or whatever. Well, Black Widow went straight, and uh, Eternals was on like two months later. And I was hoping for the Spider Man, but because Sony owns the rights, it's in this like weird limbo. So it's not going to be on Disney Plus for a while. Okay. And then, um, yeah, it's not going to be on Disney Plus for a while. And I don't think it goes to like any of the like real big platforms for a bit i think it goes to a couple of the niche ones that you would have to get like yet another like maybe like paramount plus or something like that and seeing I'm like, that we've I don't got know. i'm just googling quickly that we've got news as of like the last day or so of where it's yeah. the streaming oh where's it going uh i'm just skimming through this article Nope, this is a non-article the most likely answer is netflix and apparently like it would be coming in like late march yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Late March. Uh, I didn't even think it'd be that because I had heard it's going to be on net. Like it'll go to Netflix first because the Spider-Man movies always do go to Netflix first, but they don't go there for like a year. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they like I, I was thinking it wouldn't be out for 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 like a year or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I am going to order this off because it's only like 30 bucks or something on, on Amazon for a DVD. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to order a physical copy of this movie because I want to be able to watch it and whatnot. Um. Yeah, just a great, just the the three of them, the interactions that they all had, it was so good. The, like, even, like, the worst part of this movie, 
I still liked, which was uh, Ned being able to use the sling ring. Yeah. But, you know, like, because I thought that I was like, that's a little bit too. I'm like, okay, at least, like, give me a little something more than Ned saying his grandma said she thinks we're magical <laughs> one time, right? That's just for him to come to me, my Spider-Man. Yeah, or something like that, right? Like, it, it just, yeah, it, it was it was something else. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was so good. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to mention before you get out of here? Cause... Uh, not really. Uh, great movie. Uh, looking forward to yeah. it again. Um, I, it definitely preyed on my nostalgia. Like I said, super fan service but as a fan, I am happy to be serviced. But, but it's like such a different kind of fan service, right? Like, because we just, we'd never fucking seen anything like this in a live action movie before. Yep, never even close. Like, I remember, I remember back in my teenage years and being like, I remember back in my teenage years and watching like all the Kevin Smith movies, which is, you know, those are the type of, uh, you know, you watch the Kevin Smith that, that hits those that, that, and I do like Kevin Smith, although like, you know, not anything he's done recently, but you know, like clerks and, and mall rats and stuff are, are still kind of fun to this day. But I remember watching those movies very closely as a teenager, which is, you know, when those types of films hit hard and, <laughs> The fact that he would do connect all these little dots and these little characters where it's like, oh, wow, this is all taking place in the same world. And these characters could theoretically meet each other and in some cases right. do. Yep. Right. You know, and in some Jay cases and do. And Dogma for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And then Jay, Jay and Silent Bob are in. Uh, yeah. It, like uh, Jay and Silent Bob are in every are in everything and they're the connective tissue. But like. Uh, in uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot or whatever, Jay and Bob like run into everybody, and like that was kind of cool and stuff like that. And it, but it was just like that. That that was the only, really, the only thing where they had ever attempted to do anything like that before, where Kevin Smith had his own like weird little universe. And then, and obviously, this is that, but a much better, and b on steroids to the nth degree right like yeah it's just... the, the, the closest that i could think of other than like it's it's very similar is the uh x-men days of future past yeah right? that's it that's the, it had the old cast and the new cast yeah that's a little bit yeah that's a little better of an example for sure but they were they were always under one studio and the dc shows did a very like all the yeah. all the, the all the, Ber- the yeah the berlanti universe is is done a fantastic job of doing that on the small screen for sure with with the dc shows which i enjoy all of those immensely um yeah but like seeing fucking andrew garfield and toby mcguire out there doing the thing and and just correcting and like not and not only making them awesome and correcting the mistakes of the past but also you know basically fixing everything that everybody kind of bumped into about those two movies and and whatnot yeah it was like the only thing, therapy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I kind of I, I I wish the other two MJs got to be in this. Although I guess it was Gwen Stacy in the uh, yeah in, in in the other ones so that wouldn't. But it would have been nice if if Kirsten Dunst and uh, and Emma Stone could have been in this. Although I, I, it wouldn't have made much sense uh, for obviously because Emma Stone was dead. But it would have been fun maybe if Kirsten Dunst could have had like. A little, just a little something something in this movie that that'd be the only thing because yeah. like i mean they got everybody else right like sense in fiction for both of them to be in it but i mean I, I yeah do you've already got like a, a cast of 20 <laughs> true yeah it just you know would have been nice is yeah. all i'm saying I, but it, i don't bump into it as much but for sure oh so, yeah what it enjoy 
So yeah, what's your final grade for for Spider Man No Way Home? Oh gosh, at least a nine out of ten. It's it's hard to find fault with this movie. I I can't yeah. really think of much. A nine even might be low. <laughs> yeah, I just got a. I got flat out a and like a, a close to an A plus. Like a damn near perfect movie for for me, just in terms of what I wanted from this film and and mm, what was delivered <laughs> against. God damn. Film. God damn, it was fun. All right, so that'll be it for this uh, episode. Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, so please leave us a review on any of those. Five stars only as well. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. Um, I don't have any particular plans for next week. So maybe we talk a little Boba Fett. I know you and I talked about wanting to talk about the Vox Machina show yes. that uh, we just watched on Amazon Prime. That was uh, quite the piece of fun that I thought. I'm very big into the Pam and Tommy Lee show that is on oh, yeah. Disney+. Plus. I think you should watch that because it's fucking hilarious and it's well it's it's well acted and it's well shot and it's well paced and it's well done it's all those things too but it's also like one of those things where it's like because that stuff was happening because it's basically like their tape basically created the internet if you kind of think about it and i was 10 when this was happening so i knew it was happening but i was fully absorbing the story of how insane it was oh, of course not. and then when you and then when you actually read what had happened you know you you watch what's going on in the in this show and it's done by seth rogan's uh like production company and crew and writing staff so they go for it and you know you, you listen to that story and you're like what are, how much are they exaggerating Oh yeah, fucking nothing, right? Like it's the same reason I really like the the OJ Simpson show, which is also on. Actually, reminds me of like American Crime Story. Crime Story, which uh, did you watch the first season of that? Yes, that was very fucking fucking brilliant television. It's very similar to the in in terms of how I feel about. uh, Now it's not quite as good and as memorable to me as the OJ Simpson trial because or as the American Crime Story show, but has the same cadence in terms of the the way they tell the story okay. uh for the pam and tommy show i know it's so on jenny's radar so i'm sure we'll, we'll watch it eventually yeah i i don't watch it in front of the kid but oh, no. because <laughs> uh, they go for it in terms of some of the sexually explicit stuff um spoiler alert there is a scene where sebastian stan as tommy lee is tripping out on ecstasy and he's standing in front of a mirror naked and he's talking to his own penis, and the penis is voiced by Jason Manzukis. Oh, well, how can you argue with that? And that is a fantastic... <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> I laughed for a good ten minutes. I had to pause that scene and laugh until I stopped laughing, and then probably rewatched it again and laughed oh, a little bit God. more. I, I, I don't know was... who else you could cast better than Jason yeah. Manzukis. It was fucking great. Uh, so yeah, we're doing that. If like maybe we'll get you guys, you back on with some other people, and maybe you get through Boba Fett this weekend, and we talk about a little bit of Boba Fett. At the very least, um, it's like a couple. It's only a couple of weeks before that fucking Batman movie comes out. So like at the, well, at the very least, we'll, that. <laughs> at the very least, we'll be back here talking the Batman, which I'm I'm 
God, I hope that's good. And is Robert Pattinson is fucking saying all the right things that oh, make me think? No, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like, that he fucking gets this bat like Batman as a like what he's supposed to be in a character and whatnot, right? And it's just like, oh, here yep, I, agreed. I, yeah. Uh, here's hoping anyway we'll get out of here um so that is it uh for this podcast uh thank you very much sorry it took so long for us to get onto the uh or get our spider-man out but here it is uh we also talked a little doctor strange and we'll be back at some point probably next week with a little something something uh from the crossword podcast take care everybody and uh, have a good one and stay safe out there